into a very traditionally stereotypical Irish Catholic American family. And uh, it was stereotypical in that there was a lot of fighting and yelling and a lot of drinking and a lot of kids. I was one of five and I was the oldest girl. And there was two things that I learned coming up in this family was that number one, and knock it over. <clears throat> Number one, anger is how you deal with problems. There wasn't a lot of compassion in this family. It was, uh, you know, you yelled to get your point across. And I didn't really like that, but that's kind of how they rolled. So I was like, all right, we'll just go with it. <laughs> and uh, I also learned that boys were um, better than girls. And I totally didn't like that either. I disagreed with that. And that came out in different ways in our family. It came out in the work, the chores. You know, girls did the housework, and the boys, well, you know, eventually they're going to grow up and get wives, so it wasn't important for them to know how to do that stuff. And it also came out in church. Uh, my brothers were both altar boys. And when I was old enough, I really wanted to be an altar boy, but I wasn't allowed to. And that bothered me, because I thought, you know, if this God loves them more than me, that's wrong. That's not right. Like, I know that, I know I'm good. I know it's, that God loves me too. So, um, I was very opinionated, and I would just say I had a really big mouth. And I was a very tiny, very blonde little girl. And my dad took one look at the situation, and he decided pretty early on that he was going to need to teach me how to defend myself. You know, because this big mouth of mine was going to get me into trouble. And so um, my dad would come home from work and he would, you know, he would have his beer on the table and he would have his ashtray, cigarette burning in it, and um, I'd punch him. And I would punch him in the arm. And this is kind of how I bonded with my dad. And my dad would always say, Harder, faster, harder, faster. Because my dad's opinion was, you didn't just hit someone, you took them out. Because <laughs> if you just hit them, you would make them angry. <laughs> then you would be in big trouble. If you took them out, you'd be okay. Knock them out. So, uh, of course, my dad was right. You know, I did get into a lot of fights. I fought with my brothers. And I fought with all the other guys on the street. And I also fought with girls at school. I got jumped coming off the school bus one time. There was hair flying and fists were flying. And... But when I got older, uh, when I was 21, when most people go to university, I moved to San Francisco. And I moved to San Francisco with my, my then boyfriend and later husband and still current husband. <laughs> so, Living in San Francisco was the most freeing experience. It was, well, I know most of you have been there, but you know how that cold, cool wind just comes rolling down the hills and it just, and you can't help but feel free in that. And that the, the smell of all of the junipers in, you know, Fort Funston or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that smell, like all those sounds of the trolleys clinging. 
And when I got there, I realized that I didn't have to carry that baggage anymore. I could let go of all that anger. I could let go of all of that boys are better than girls crap. Because I knew it was wrong. I knew really in my heart that here I could be myself and people would love me for who I was. And that is what happened. So I, of course, got very good work and I was very happy with my job. And my husband and I fell in with this really nice group of friends. And this group of friends was like family to me. It was like growing up all over again, but with the right people. <laughs> and, and this group of friends sort of centered around these guys that had gone to high school together in Michigan. And they had a flat in the mission and you know, over the years, people would move in and out of the flat, and there was girlfriends and guys, and people just moved in and out. But we had a little routine going, where on Tuesday nights, we would all show up there, and we would make a big meal, and we would hang out, and we would watch Xena. <laughs> so, now, this flat was huge, a lot of people coming and going, and everybody brought the groceries, and we're cooking, and we're drinking, and we're laughing, and we're telling stories, and we're really connecting on that level that that basic level, that you just really understand the other person. And we'd watch Xena because, you know, A, she's gorgeous and sexy, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And because she was like a female superhero. And there really wasn't a lot of that growing up. I mean, we had Wonder Woman, but if all she had was that lasso of truth, and that shit was a, there wasn't anything there, you know? So, so we would have this, you know, thing every Tuesday night. Well, one Tuesday night, my friend Dan is very excited because he makes this announcement that Sean is coming to visit from Michigan. Sean had gone to high school with all these guys, and Dan really looked up to him. He really kind of worshipped him in a way because Sean was a black belt in karate. <laughs> and Sean also made furniture from really beautiful, rare, and exotic wood. And he also carved these really ornate pipes with his face on them. They were for smoking, well, smoking whatever. So, <laughs> so uh, so Dan is very excited, and I'm excited too. And you know why? Because I love it. I love this family, and I'm like, you know what? One more person, this is great. We're gonna have a great time when Sean comes down. Don't worry, we're gonna have a blast. My friend Lee sort of sidles up to me and he's like, you know, I just want to let you know, Sean can kind of be an asshole. <laughs> and I said, you know what? That's okay, because I can be an asshole too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think much about it. I go back to work on working the rest of my week. And the other thing that we do in our little family is on Friday nights, we have this little tradition where we go out to the same pub every Friday night. And it has a really nice outdoor beer garden. And, um, and I come into the beer garden and I'm fired up because it's Friday night and I lived another great week in the city of San Francisco. <laughs> and there's a full moon and I can just feel this electricity that's just sort of pulsing through, like just on the surface of everything. You know, we have pitchers of beer and pint glasses of beer, and we are just like, rah, we're having a great time. <laughs> and I noticed that Dan and this 
guy I assume was Sean are sitting together. And I come over and I'm like, how's it going? I just plop down, I introduce myself. I'm like, man, it's so good that you're here. Isn't it fucking great to live in San Francisco? Isn't it great to be here? Like, how was your day? What did you do today? Like, I was at work all day, riding your bike around. Like, well, I noticed the guy's a little bit surly. And uh, he sort of leans across to me. He's like, it was fucked up. I got cut off today by an Asian woman driver. I was like, whoa. I was like, you know what, man? I get cut off every day, and I never notice if it's an Asian woman driver, or a white male driver, or a purple dinosaur driver. And I don't fucking know. I'm like, I just go around and let go, you know? <laughs> margaritas are even better. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that all my girlfriends sort of like, they bunch into this one table by the window, and my husband's all bunched up with them, there's not a space at that table. And then there's the other table, and there's the guys, and shop. It's okay, I can handle this, not a problem. So I sit down, and over the course of the meal, I feel this kind of a uh, sensation coming from Sean. And he starts out sentences and little conversations like, yeah, well, all these Mexicans are good for us. Bring me a burrito. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, like, how about that fire truck that just went past? And there was some Mexican guys on there probably, and they probably saved lives. Aren't they good enough for that? I was just like, I can't believe this guy. And then he says, yeah, you women, you're all so weak and pathetic. <laughs> and I was like, what? I have a female boss. I have an assistant who's a woman. I deal with advertising agents all day long, and they're all women. And like, this whole city is built on ethnicity and women and different styles of life and different genders. I was like, what? He leans across the table and he says to me, he goes, yeah, well, there is one thing that you woman will never be better than that. That is, I'm stronger than you. And I can take you outside and I can kick your ass. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, me. and I look over, and my husband is—he's over there with the girls. He's not paying any attention. <laughs> and the guys that I'm sitting at the table with—they had stopped paying attention to this conversation for a long time. <laughs> so I kind of get quiet, and I finish my meal, and you know we the check and we'd head, we're heading out. And uh, Lee says, hey, everyone's heading over to my house. Come on. We're just going to ride bikes over. It's going to be great. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it a night. I think I'm done. Yeah. And he's like, no way. He's like, you're not going to let that guy ruin your night. He's just a racist asshole. Like, mm -hmm. let it go. It's not a big deal. You can ignore him. And I'm like, you know, you're right. I can, I can ignore him. So we go back to Lee's place. And now Lee has this great garden apartment apartment and there's a patio with all these beautiful plants that he's been growing forever and I sort of find myself 
communing with this like eight and a half foot tall plumeria bush. And it's a warm June balmy evening and there's that golden champagne colored moon. And it, it's, it's just, it's just drip with love for me. I can feel that. And I, and I like, in that moment I really realized I win. I fucking win. Because I get to live here. And I get to live with all these amazing people. And I get to live in this city. And this poor schmuck has to go back to Michigan tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so my mood changes. I'm like, all right, OK. So I'm talking to my friends. And we're planning our little hike on Montana for the weekend. I'm like, all right. It's the end of the night, going home. I decide I'm going to be the bigger person. So I come over to Sean. No hard feelings, pat him on the back. You know, travel safe, put my hand out, shake his hand. And uh, he shakes my hand, he goes to shake my hand. And then all of a sudden I notice that he's knocked my feet on the And in that moment, it was like time slowed way down. <laughs> and I was in pretty close. And all of a sudden, I just channeled my dad. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> I hit him hard. <laughs> and so then, I just kind of, I kind of just get a roll. You know, like, you don't just land, get a roll. You know, you watch Xena, you don't get a roll. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I am so sorry. He was like, why? 
Why are you sorry? He's like, that guy I had it come to. That guy, it was like the universe used you as a tool. You were like divine. Because <laughs> he had this lesson that he had to learn and you got to deliver it. And do you know, when he went back to Michigan, he lied. When his friends asked him what happened, he said that he got mugged by a bunch of Mexicans. <laughs>